Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot. Oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others, here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with my co-host, PK. How are you tonight? Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Good. The wind didn't blow you away, so that's good. There's a lot of wind here, a lot of wind in Tucson tonight. Oh, that's for sure. And, of course, if I start sneezing, just, you know, ignore it. It's part of the all this beautiful pollen flowing in the air. Flowers are gorgeous <laughs> because of the rains that we've had, but oh boy, a lot of drippy noses running around town. Oh, I know, I know. And our dear friend George Lucas, Logo, he's had a, a very hard time with some kind of airborne contaminant. So we want to mm. wish George our best. That we hope he gets better soon because that's pretty miserable well, he, stuff. He's got to get better soon so we can harass him. <laughs> I know. You can't harass him when he's sick, you know. No, well, you can, but then you feel guilty. Uh, <laughs> well, kind right. of. A little bit. Well, we, we have a terrific guest tonight that I've been dying to get on the show. And we are talking about tonight one of my most favorite E.T. stories about Valiant Thor, stranger at the Pentagon. Did an E.T. Mm-hmm. come here? And talk to people at the Pentagon. We're going to be speaking with our guest, Frank Chili, and he's going to tell us all the details and a lot of hidden stuff about Valiant Thor and what's been going on. And what some people may not realize, Valiant Thor, he's still here today. We are going to dig into this in just a few minutes. But first, PK, tell us about the numbers. What's going on? Well, that guy is... How many people have you talked to that are having difficulty sleeping and they're doing oh, a lot of dreaming and they're walking around exhausted? You just can't get enough sleep this month. It is not you're not going to. There's going to be a lot of dreams going on, a lot of, of misinformation being passed to us emotionally, and there's dreams that are going to give us some answers to some things. If we're smart enough to ask the questions when we wake up, keep a pad and paper by your bed, folks. There's going to be little things that will be dropped in the view of the mind. Write it down. It may take three or four days, maybe a week or two for it all to come together. But then all of a sudden you'll look at the separate words or a few words at a time. And it's going to be a surprise at what you get from that. Legal issues. Well, that sounds good. Be very careful of legal issues because... You're not going to know who or what to trust right now. And I'm going to call it this way. If you remember, in the large cities, they have the street corners with the shells. They put something under it. We call it the shell game. What you see mm-hmm. and what you think you're getting. That's exactly what we've got going on with the legal issues this month. So be very, very careful of what you believe and what you think you see. 
because if you don't, okay. you may end up paying the price. I don't want anybody to do that. Not necessary. Mm-hmm. No, no, we don't want to get caught up, caught up in any of those shell games. So good yeah. advice, PK. Thank yeah, you. Key, Thank key you word so is much. To stay patient. Stay patient. Okay. Because we're going to be waiting for some information to be coming, whether it's throughout this month or the first part of next month, but it's coming. Well, that's good. I now, I know our, our last guest, um, Detective Kevin Gannon and Dr. Lee Gilbertson from right. the Oxygen Television series, The Smiley Face mm-hmm. Killers, The Hunt for Justice. Now, you did think that they might get some information this month that might help them solve these crimes, these horrible crimes that have been taking place for a period of years. So let's let's hope that they get that information uh, because we learned a lot last week because they oh, gave gosh, us yes. information that was not broadcast on the Oxygen mm-hmm. series. We found out that these people, these young men being taken, they all follow a certain, uh, a certain mm-hmm. look, feel, intelligence level. They're the best of the best, and they're being taken. Yeah. And what our, our team told us over the radio was they're being taken by people with military training. Now, that's an important piece of information we did not have before. Definitely, so, definitely. But they're so precise in how these situa- well, how these bodies are found. To be gone sometimes as long as what one was twenty seven days or seventy two days. Seventy seven days. Yeah. But the bottom That's line is and yet found in water and no water in the lungs. Nothing right. No, not shriveled, not you know, nothing uh, dissipated by quote being in water. So they're yeah, playing they didn't games drown. with us. That's well, they sure. really are, and whoever's doing this, uh, as we and I, you and I have discussed it, George has been involved in researching this mm-hmm. from the mediumistic side, and we know there's something paranormal going on that's associated with this, and the military involvement is very troubling because, well, we mentioned it to these guys. We, we mentioned those words, Project Paperclip. Over 1,600 Nazi scientists were brought here in the 1940s, and you have to know that that human experimentation did not stop. So uh, our our theories on it, we're going to be talking to you more about it. We're going to put it out on our websites and on our new channel, Patreon. We have a new channel there. But we want to hear from you. We want to know what you guys think is going on. Exactly. Who's taking these young men and just giving them a watery grave, but what in the world's going on? We want to hear from you. We, I know our listeners have their own thoughts and theories on this, and let's get a conversation going. We posted this on Facebook, our Facebook page, so feel free to leave your thoughts there. And also you can reach out to us via email if you have something private you want to show uh, or talk about with us in regard to these cases. And certainly if you have tips, take a look at the Facebook page for Smiley Face Killers, and you can leave it right there for Detective Gannon and his team. That's a great way to contact them. And I have a blog about it that is available also on the Facebook page. Take a look at it and Mm -hmm. join in. We need your help. We need attention on these crimes so that police departments will open up their files and start digging in along with this, this great team of detectives that is donating their time and energy to solving these crimes. And we also have on our Facebook page some other great stories. Two Bigfoot sightings in Utah, one caught on video, 
very interesting mm-hmm. stuff. You can go to our Facebook page and see it there. And also, right on topic was an article written by our friend Nick Redfern about UFO whistleblowers. And one of them that he talked about in his article was named Boyd Bushman. And he came forth with all kinds of startling revelations about Area 51. But as we were just discussing off-air with our guest tonight, Frank Chili, sometimes you just don't know who to believe. So was Boyd Bushman somebody who was giving real information, or was he given disinformation? I mean, we just don't know sometimes. And that's what muddies the waters, makes things mm-hmm. very difficult for people who are in the field And so we're going to talk to Frank about all that tonight. But before we bring him on, again, I just want to mention, if you want a numerology reading with PK, you can go to her website, patriciakirkman.com. You can also find her at supernaturalgirlswithaz.com. I'm still doing lots of soul realignment work. If you want to work with me, you can find me on the website, DreamWork. I am there at supernaturalgirls.com. And Again, we're all we're here for you. So if there's an issue you want cleared up, you want some work on it, we're happy to do it. Now I mentioned the candles that I've been working with Katrina on, mm-hmm. and we just finished up the labels. They're now perfect, and they're going to be available. I'm going to have Haley's help in putting them up on our different sites, so you can purchase them and work with them. These have a lot of mojo in them, straight from Katrina, the Bruja that was on our show about a month ago. So, Mm -hmm. lots of exciting stuff. The new channel, Patreon, coming out. We're going to have all kinds of premiere content, bedtime stories, all kinds of things. We've been collecting short interviews with people that have the deep down information that I know you want to hear about. So, we're going to be working on that. I'm going to be doing some tapping for people who want to use tapping or emotional freedom technology to increase their own psychic abilities, their own intuition. Lots of fun stuff coming up. And make sure you go and sign up for our newsletter, The Fringe Files. Make sure that you are on the list so that you'll know what's coming up because we want to make sure that you are on the list for all the great stuff. So let me tell you about our guest tonight. I'm just going to say, if they want to know what's happening on a daily basis, just go to my webpage, patriciakirkman.com, on Facebook, and every morning, I post what the day is going to represent. It's brief, quick, and gives you some answers of how to dodge the bullets that we're going to face on a day-to-day basis. And it's free, so take part. Yes, ma'am. Go look at PK's page. So our guest tonight is Frank Tilly, and he is a seeker of arcane knowledge. He's been a seeker for the past 45 years. I'd say he's learned a few things. He is a student of metaphysics, ancient civilizations, comparative religions, and first-hand knowledge of little-known contactee experiences and unpublished manuscripts. He has known individuals with unique talents and abilities doing advanced work on this planet to accelerate consciousness and awareness, and he has had exposure to advanced technology products and has traveled extensively throughout the U.S. and lived abroad. Frank has spoken publicly and conducted seminars on diverse subjects on both coasts, as well as for the military, on subjects including energy studies and lighting effects on health. Frank, welcome to the show. Good evening, good evening. It's a true honor and a joy to be able to share with you and Pat Kay tonight and your extensive audience. It's an honor and I'm humbled by it. 
Oh, thank you so much. Thrilled to have you. Thank you so very much. Well, everybody speaks so highly of you for good reason, and we're thrilled to have you here. And I I wanted to know if you could please start with my favorite story in the whole world, The Legend of Valiant Thor, also known as The Stranger at the Pentagon. Who was this guy? What in the world happened? Well, uh, you bring up one of my favorite uh, topics and subjects. Uh, Valiant Thor has always uh, fascinated me and the concept of visitors who are uh, here from uh, the stars uh, to assist us and working quietly and amongst us has always been um, um, uh, a favorite subject of mine because they could uh, interact with us without us even knowing that they're here. All they have to do is just change clothing from whatever they're wearing wearing uh, uh, to travel here to Earth clothes, and they could pass amongst us. And uh, that was so easy to do with Valiant Thor. Um, I guess the first um, indication of his work before The Stranger at the Pentagon was the book that was written by Howard Menger called uh, From Outer Space. And he was a contactee who lived in Highbridge, New Jersey. And um, at the young age of maybe five or six years of age, he happened to see um, uh, silver disks come down from the sky and land in a wooded area. And him and his friend uh, saw them land. And Howard went over to this wooded area, and his friend ran away. And he saw this woman who was blonde hair and blue eyes wearing these flowing um, garments talking to Howard, saying that uh, uh, you decided and chose to come here to reincarnate on this planet, and we will be working with you in the future, and you will be meeting uh, visitors from the stars who will help you in your work. Well, he never forgot that. He went home, and he told his parents about it, and they thought it was just imaginings of, uh, of a young boy. wound up uh, getting um, called into the service because the Second World War had started, and he was training at a base in Texas, and he happened to be uh, going back to his barracks at night, and he was walking along the sidewalk, and he saw somebody approaching him wearing a uniform and had blonde hair. It was a man. As soon as a person passed him, he felt the same energy it felt from that woman that he had met uh, in that wooded area, this incredible love energy. And Howard turned around, and he said, you're one of them, aren't you? And and he said, yes, I am. And he said, oh you will be severely tested, but know that you're being over, overlighted by the Lord, and you will come through this. And he did serve in uh, the Pacific and uh, had his own uh, near-death experience and survived the war, came back and became a sign painter in Highbridge, New Jersey. And one day after work, he was directed to uh, drive out uh, into this field that was uh, an isolated area. And a ship came down, and these beings came out, and they started communicating with him, and he started interacting with them. And he was told that um, he uh, needed to provide to them earth clothing and to cut their hair because their hair was longer than was uh, normal at the time. And he would take them to do work in Boston, uh, uh, Massachusetts, and New York City, and Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Washington. And um, after he began interacting with these people, he was told to start having meetings behind his home and share information regarding uh, what he was taught by the star visitors. Well, this one day in, um, I believe it was in April of 1957, I'm sorry, April 1958, he had a gathering behind his house, and four of the visitors who happened to be there were visitors. One was Valiant Thor, and there was a, a fellow by the name of Don Thor, and uh, his name is spelled D-O-N-N. There was a, a 
blonde-haired woman. Her name was Jill, and there was a, a dark-haired a brunette uh, girl uh, who in the photographs I've sent to you has her hand up like she's blocking the uh, sun from shining yeah, into her eyes. Yeah. Her name is Tanya. Uh-huh. Okay. Those photographs were taken by uh, a fellow by the name of August C. Roberts. He was a photographer during the Second World War and was very much interested in UFOs. And Howard had invited him to the meeting, and he walked around taking photographs that day. And I shared some of the photographs with you, and there's more I could share. And um, during that meeting, Valianthor was taking notes, and uh, those notes have become made available. And I could share some of that information with you and email some of that information to you. Yes, we, we'd but love that. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. And the photographs that August C. Roberts had taken were shared with um, Dr. Frank Stranges. He uh, was um, a theologian. And he had uh, he's originally from Brooklyn. He was born and bred in Brooklyn, and uh, had a background in uh, uh, biblical studies and also in uh, uh, psychiatry, and um, would give lectures on the Bible. And he would talk about that uh, the Lord said that uh, um, uh, the universe has many mansions and that there are abodes that uh, people dwell in. And he would talk about that we would have a, a family, a cosmic family. And then August Roberts had given him these photos, and he would show them. He would put them up on a bulletin board and say, these are purported photographs taken by uh, a photographer at Howard Menger's home. And as fate would have it, at the end of one of his lectures in Washington, D.C., which happened to be in um, April of 1959, um, I'm sorry, it was December of 1959, a woman came up to him after his lecture and said, uh, Dr. Strangers, I need to talk to you privately. And he said, uh, can you wait a moment? He said, I have these other people here. And she said, no. She said, I have to see you immediately. So they asked uh, the, um, for uh, an office that they could uh, talk in, and um, they went inside the office, and the woman said to him, her name was Nancy Warren. She worked for the FBI. She said, that photograph that you're uh, showing – and he said, yes. She said, uh, that person would like to meet you. He's at the Pentagon. And I am to accompany you there tomorrow morning. Oh, my goodness. And he was absolutely blown away by that. So uh, she said, uh, we have to go through security clearances uh, because he's at the uh, inner ring of the Pentagon. And um, he said, I have no security badges. She said, don't worry about it. She said, just follow my direction, and you'll be able to go through the security checks. So she picked him up the next morning, and it was a very, very cold day in December. And uh, she took him to the Pentagon, and he went through the first security uh, barrier. They wound up going through three of them, and they were brought to the inner part of the uh, Pentagon where the uh, center ring is that overlooks a courtyard. So she took him to... Uh, a uh, set of double doors, and she said, the person you're here to see is inside of that, uh, in this room. And it was a room that was used by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So Dr. Strange said, are you coming in with me? And she said, no, I was not invited. You were the one who was invited. Oh. So wow. he walks in, closes yeah. the door, and it's an immense room, and uh, members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff are uh, sitting off to the right, and there's a uh, and an expansive uh, set of windows looking out into the courtyard. And he said there was a man standing at the window uh, looking out. And when Frank walked in, he turned around and he walked over to him. And he said, uh, Dr. Frank Strangers, I'm very pleased to meet you. And it was the same individual that was in the photographs that were taken by August Roberts. And he said, you're that person in the photographs. And he said, yes. And he said, my name is Valiant Thor. 
and he said, I'm here from Venus. And he said, I came here in fulfillment of a mission to help elevate and uh, awaken the consciousness of mankind. What, how he got here was his craft landed on March 16th of 1957 uh, in Alexandria, Virginia. He landed in an isolated area, and two Alexandria policemen happened to see the craft land, and they approached the craft, and they had their weapons drawn. And as soon as uh, they saw Valiant Thor, he was dressed in a one-piece suit. He sent a telepathic message to them that he was not uh, of, uh, going to harm anyone and that he was here for benevolent purposes. And they put their weapons away, and he said, I need you to take me to the uh, Pentagon. He said, I'm here to see the President of the United States. So um, they brought him into the police car. They were completely bewildered. They took him to the Pentagon, and he brought him in to see the Secretary of Defense. His name was uh, McElroy. And uh, the Secretary of Defense uh, arranged a meeting for the President to be there, the Vice President to be there, and uh, several other dignitaries. And... Um, President Eisenhower met with him, and he said that I'm here on a humanitarian mission to help share uh, information regarding uh, uplifting uh, mankind from chaos on this planet and to uh, offer uh, products and technologies that will uh, do away with uh, fossil fuels and do away with uh, diseases and ailments that uh, have uh, plagued mankind for eternity. And they were just absolutely uh, astounded by this visit by this individual. And, now, uh, how did, let me just stop you for a second because I'm getting a whole bunch of questions coming in. Um, yep. And also, if you want to call in, I just want to mention the number 563-999-3539 if you have a question for Frank. Again, that's 563-999-3539. But here are some of the questions coming in. Sure. How did they live on Venus? Was it on Venus or was it in Venus? Because the temperatures on Venus apparently are quite high. So was there any information that was given about that? Yes, there is. Uh, first of all, the information that we were told about the high temperatures on Venus is a misnomer. Uh, they've shifted the attention to Mars. Venus is more as, as habitable as the Earth is. And there were um, uh, satellite um, uh, work that was done by the Japanese and also by the uh, Russians and Chinese that said that the surface temperature of Venus is between 70 to 72 degrees. There are cities on Venus that are like um, uh, domed cities that the beings live within. Okay, they can live outside of the domes, but they they live inside of the domes. There's also individuals that live inside of the planet Venus, but it is not inhospitable. And um, there's a lot of information about that I could share with you regarding the results of those uh, uh, probes into Venus. The atmosphere is breathable. The scientists don't want us to be aware of that. They want us to think of the barren surface of uh, Mars, making everybody think that uh, the um, solar system is devoid of life. It's not. There's life on every planet. It makes sense. Now, wow. also, and I understand this was years and years ago, but still, to be able to get an immediate audience with the president, vice president, chief of staff, whatever, I mean, how did they manage? How did um, Valiant Thor the manage defense, that? The I mean, defense secretary, upon meeting Valiant Thor, knew the urgency of what this person was about and could tell that he was not from here. It was obvious. And I'm sure that uh, Val had telepathed to him the sense of urgency of this meeting. And uh, the Secretary of Defense was able to call both the president, he came first, and then uh, Nixon came um, 
probably about a half hour later, and he said that he would be here for a three-year period to help increase awareness and consciousness on this planet and share technologies that are beneficial for mankind. Well, the sad part is, is that all they wanted was how his craft could fly, how his uh, suit could repel laser beams, how um, they they wanted to know secrets that they could use for uh, power purposes and for military purposes, and that's what that's not mm-hmm. what Val was all about. And mm-hmm. if you happen to recall a movie that was a precursor to this, the the day there stood still, that yes. is almost a complete mm-hmm. um, identical story of Valthor before he actually came here. And Valthor stayed here for three years. He had his own apartment at the uh, uh, Pentagon. And a good friend of mine, his name is uh, Major George Filer. He was an intel officer uh, in the U.S. Air Force. And he was a courier between uh, generals, Air Force generals, and Curtis LeMay, who was at the Pentagon. And when George would go to the Pentagon to bring uh, messages to Curtis LeMay, uh, friends would uh, kid him. They'd say, be careful, you may see a spaceman when you were there. He never knew what that was all about until later on right. because they passed a the cafeteria one day, and one of the officers said to George Filer, uh, Major Filer, they said, the spaceman is in there, the visitor's in that uh, cafeteria, and George wanted to go in there. And he said, no, you have to bring the messages to Curtis LeMay. But he had heard these stories when he was a courier, and he was uh, he would also brief uh, uh, generals and colonels on a daily basis. His story is completely separate from this, but I wanted to give you that validation. Yeah, so he stayed yeah. there for three years, and everything that he was here to achieve, they wanted no part of it. They just wanted to know how they could utilize these advanced technologies for their own purposes. So when he met with Dr. Stranges, this was uh, like uh, one year before he wound up leaving uh, the Pentagon, uh, he could come and go as he pleased. They could not stop him. There's Nobody could stop that energy. And he was able to go about whatever he wanted to do. And he, um, the craft that he had, I sent you a photograph of it. It's a very rare photograph. It's Victor yes. 1. It, he, uh, Val, Valiant Thor allowed it to be photographed uh, above Lake Mead, um, not too far from Henderson, Nevada. And uh, people who've been in that area and... It's said that uh, who are open and receptive to it have seen that craft. It's like 600 feet in diameter. It's a huge, huge craft. Wow. And Dr. Strange is, after meeting Valiant Thor, uh, he was associated with him through the balance of uh, Dr. Strange's life. He passed on uh, November uh, 17, 2008. He would be allowed to go on board Victor One. He was taken on board the craft many times. He was taken to Venus. He met some of the other emissaries that are here in regards to the program to uplift consciousness on the planet Earth. And everything regarding what Val's work was, was positive in nature. When he left here on March 16, 1960, people think he departed for Venus. Well, He's never really left. He may have gone back and forth to Venus for uh, reporting purposes, but uh, Dr. Stranges had shared with me that Val was part of, uh, uh, there was a four-phase program that he was to incorporate. Each phase was over a 10-year period. The first phase was to contact world leaders all around the planet to let them know of the existence of extraterrestrials that live in the solar system and outside the solar system and that we're part of a cosmic family. And he encouraged them to come forward to share this information 
with the population of their countries. Well, that 10-year period went and passed. Nobody was willing to come forward and share that information. The next 10-year phase, and this was from 70 to 80, was to contact all the religious leaders of the world, let them know that we're part of a cosmic family, that visitors are here from other planets, and that it is time for us to join our cosmic family. He offered them to come forward and share that information, and none of them were willing to do that. Dr. Strange has asked Val, when you met with the Pope, this was from 1970 to 1980, he said, what did the Pope say to you? And Val said, the Pope basically said, you row your boat, we'll row ours. The next Oh, phase, my God. It's unbelievable. Augustic. Dear yeah. God. Oh. The next phase from 1980 to 1990 was for Val to contact the leaders of universities and colleges all around the planet to let them know that we're part of a cosmic cosmic family, that uh, there's more advanced science and knowledge that's, uh, that is available to mankind that can be shared. And they wanted the leaders and the uh, presidents, uh, uh, magistrates of these colleges and universities to come forward. None of them were willing to do that. The fourth phase, which was from 2000 and up to today, it extended more than 10 years, was to create a grassroots type of awareness program sharing information at a grassroots level so that people have access to this information, be made aware of what's going on, and that's been what's been happening ever since that time. So Val never left. He's always been active in this work. And that's I will exciting. share this. It, Go ahead. It, it, it is to me as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I need to share this with you that Valiant Thor asked for the responsibility of being one of the um, uh, individuals to uplift the planet Earth, its awareness, consciousness, and spiritual nature. And it was bestowed upon him to do this work, and he considered it a high honor and a privilege to be able to do this, and he has never given up on this task. God bless him. This is very exciting information, because I'll tell you, Frank, honestly, one of my beefs... (laughs) With extraterrestrial involvement on the planet, is it appeared and has appeared for many years that they are doing things behind the scenes with the military, with the government, and not a heck of a lot with the people on on the ground. You know, the people that are living their everyday lives, and certainly there's been abductions reported and all of that. But in terms of higher consciousness, I've always felt. That they should be people, well, Venusians like Valiant Thor should be doing more mm-hmm. to help the people here, like you said, the grassroots movement to become more enlightened, more aware, to access their hidden DNA or whatever you want to call it that allows them a greater expanse of consciousness. I have not seen a lot of that. I've well, Patricia, seen I will share of this with you. President Eisenhower and Nixon were granted four meetings with visitors, two with the ones that look like us, and of course it was the Valiant Thor period of three years, and two uh, meetings with the Greys. And they were told, uh, President Eisenhower and President Nixon, or Vice President Nixon were told, do not believe the Greys. They are not truthful. They have their own uh, agenda. However, the military-industrial complex influenced uh, Eisenhower to do a deal 
therefore share technology with the Greys so that they could have uh, access to individuals which they abducted. Well, that got certainly out of hand. And mm-hmm. a lot of the technology that we have today was given to us in measure by the Greys. However, their agenda is being highly curtailed right now. And uh, a lot of the activities regarding abductions, a lot of that has really fallen by the wayside. It's not as active and high in uh, activity as it had once been. And that's because of the uh, effects of these other visitors that are here to turn the agenda around. And there's been a lot of purposeful confusion set out there by the media in keeping uh, people purposefully uh, in fear, okay? A lot of things Mm -hmm. were done through the media, through movies, to create a sensation that uh, they're here to take advantage of us, and that's really not the purpose. There were those who had their own uh, purposes, their own agenda, but a lot of that has changed, and now we're we're seeing the last uh, dance of the uh, tyrants. And it's like musical chairs. They're running out of music and they're running out of chairs. And the individuals who are going to be helping to validate a lot of the alien technology are some highly um, uh, recognized physicists that have been given access to the technology, and they will be validating this technology as things come forward. And um, I have a, a couple friends that have access to this group of individuals, and I said, who is pushing the agenda? Is it the military pushing it? Is the government pushing it? Who's pushing it? Is it uh, uh, tech, technology corporations? And I was told, let me get an answer for that. And I got a call the next day, and the, the answer was, Frank, it's the visitors that are pushing for disclosure. Wow. Well, that's nice to know. Well, somebody right. has to, that's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, the military really doesn't have a lot to gain by giving us disclosure. The government doesn't either. And neither one really has anything to gain. So how is this going to play out? Uh, I believe that uh, there's going to be um, a a reshuffling of the priorities so that people will see that we are part of this extensive, expansive cosmic family, and uh, a lot of misinformation had been given to us. And I had been told by one of the contactees that one of the uh, rationales that are going to be utilized to make people feel more comfortable with the concept of visitors being here is that when disclosure is made known, there's going to be the release of information that there are galactics living in every neighborhood all around the planet. Some have been here 30, 40, 50 years. Some have been here 10, 20 years. People will see that there's neighbors that they have that they've known for long periods of time that never have been intrusive and never have been dangerous or fearful, nothing to be fearful of. These people have chosen to live here amongst us to be part of this disclosure so that when it is made known that we're part of a cosmic family, well, we'll see that there are individuals who have lived here amongst us that have caused us no harm, no pain, no fear, no aggravation. I think that's a beautiful well, concept. And that's a wonderful mm-hmm. concept. I do know when I worked uh, at the Monroe Institute with a psychologist there who has since passed, he had a high security clearance, and he yes. told me, he said, I've been shown photographs of ETs that are here living amongst us, and you cannot tell the difference between us and them. They look just like us. 
And certainly yep. those pictures that you shared with us and the ones I've seen from the past of, of Valiant Thor and his crew, they're very human-looking. I mean, like you said, they don't age. They have special powers, uh, the telepathy and other things. But they do look quite human. So, yeah, you wouldn't pick them out of a crowd and go, there's an E.T. walking down the street. That's for no, sure. No, but... But I will share this with you, Major Filer. He's had experience with the visitors firsthand. He happened to be shopping at the uh, Cherry Hill Mall, which is uh, you know, a prominent mall here in Burlington County. And he was coming down the escalator from the second floor at Macy's. And he happened to see a tall, blonde-haired woman talking to other women around the cosmetics department. And as soon as he saw her, he felt that energy that he had felt in meeting visitors himself, this incredible heart energy. And he said he sent a telepathic thought to her that you're a visitor here. As soon as he sent that thought to her, she looked right at him. She recognized that he was aware that she was here. When he, he got down the escalator, he went over to the cosmetics department to talk to her. And she had gone out into the mall and disappeared amongst the, uh, the regular personnel that were there. Mm-hmm. She that's just great... didn't want any attention drawn to herself. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's how most of them are. But, yeah, I have to bring this up. We have had guests on our show who have told us about an influx of hybrids and that the hybrids are here. They have a hive mind. This is kind of a little different than the enlightened beings like Valiant Thor. Um, But they're here, and they are a creation of human DNA and alien DNA. What have you heard about that? I heard they, too, will have their own place to be able to move forward as things progress for all of us. There's going to be some of us that are going to choose to continue to live in this energy and this vibration. There's going to be others who choose to move onward because graduation day is here. That's why Mm -hmm. the visitors are here. They're here in greater numbers. I've... There's some women that I know that are very clairvoyant, and they said, Frank, they can't look up into the sky without seeing a tremendous array of ships, like uh, uh, end-to-end. And they said all different types of ships, and they're just waiting for the time to make themselves known. I had a friend who uh, works for Verizon who told me that uh, a woman that he was in the military with works for one of the intelligence agencies, and her task is to take satellite photographs uh, that are taken of the planet Earth and to uh, take out all the images of craft that are here in our atmosphere. And she's very much of a fundamentalist, and she was never prepared for this. And she said it blows her mind to know that there's so many craft that are here from different uh, parts of our, our uh, solar system, from our galaxy, from other parts of the universe that are here for the graduation day that's going to be occurring. She's there to airbrush that stuff out. When when do wow. you feel the graduation day is to take place? You know, I, I love this question, and I've spoken <laughs> to quite a few contactees, and mm-hmm. uh, they tell me that everything is going to occur within the twinkling of an eye. They said, you'll be in this level of consciousness, you'll blink your eye, and you'll be at the level of consciousness where everything is as we have been told it is to be. And a lot of this is coming from women that don't know each other who've contacted me from all around the planet. They said they're spending 60, 70, 80% of their awareness in that new reality, and they're only spending maybe 20, 30% of their awareness and consciousness here. They can't tell their husbands or boyfriends about it because they don't want to hear it. But they said they're 
DNA has been awakened and quickened. They know who they are. They know what it is they're, they're to be uh, to be involved in. And they've seen the other side. And they said it is absolutely magnificent. It's beyond what we can um, fathom. And none of these girls know each other. Okay, None of these women know each other. But they're all telling me the same thing. It's going to occur within the twinkling of an eye. And I believe that we're in the... Uh, the awakened stage of awakened um, uh, aspect of the uh, feminine aspect of the deity. We're moving into that feminine aspect mm-hmm. of it, and the DNA has yeah. been awakened and quickened. And more and more women are being aware of who they are and what it is that they're here for. Um, mm-hmm. There's a woman by the name of Joan Bird who wrote a book called UFOs Over Montana, and uh, she's been lecturing. Uh, she goes around the state of Montana, and ha- after every one of her lectures, these women all come up to her, telling her that they've had experiences with the visitors, telling her how positive it is, and basically telling her the same information that I'm sharing with you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a great thought, you know, that we can expand our consciousness to the point that our reality shifts, and it's much more peaceful and loving and kind and all of that. Um, so, yeah, so I've just got to, we're going to take a short commercial break, but when we come back, sure. I want to talk about some of the other things our guests have shared with us, a sure. little bit more about the dark side, and then you can tell us uh, why we don't need to be concerned about it. <laughs> so. okay. okay. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned, everybody. We are speaking with Frank Chili about extraterrestrial mysteries, Valiant Thor, Stranger at the Pentagon, all great stuff. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Pure essential oils, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridium combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with Cosmic Fusion and Quantum Vortex Energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the Source. With Cosmic Fusion, the Source Energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, 
www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with my co-host, PK, and also with our great guest tonight, Frank Shilley, who is enlightening us on so many levels and sharing wonderful, wonderful stories about Valiant Thor, the stranger at the Pentagon, who is still here, apparently, trying to help us out. Patricia, can I share a story with you? Uh, oh, when I was living in California, I happened to attend the Rainbow Rose Festival, which was held in uh, in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, Dr. Stranges was a speaker there. And I got a chance to go backstage and spend some time with him and his wife, Victoria. And, and I said to them, I said, had you seen Val recently? And he said he was here this morning before we came to the, uh, to the conference. And uh, I said, can you share what what the experience was like and Victoria said he walked in the door at at Frank's house he lived in Van Nuys, Van Nuys California uh, Valianthor could walk into the house at any time he was always a welcome guest there Victoria said she was sitting at the dining room table in a straight back chair and she said Val walked in and as soon as he walked in he was aware that she was in discomfort she was suffering a terrible migraine and she said, he didn't say a word. He came over, stood up behind her, behind her uh, upright chair, put his uh, hand on each one of her shoulders. And she said it went away. The pain went away. The discomfort went away. I said, Victoria, what was the sensation that you got? And she was very quiet, and she lowered her eyes, and she looked at me, and she said, I felt the presence of the Lord move through me. Oh, wow. Fabulous. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That's My beautiful. Goodness. Yeah. See, see, this is what I want to know, though, Frank. I don't mean to be the fly in the ointment. However, if Valiant Thor is here to help us, and it, I mean, why isn't he training more people to learn how to heal people, learn how to help people? And it seems like it's a gift that he has, which is tremendous, but it sounds like he's very limited contact. So, you know, why not teach more people to, to do these kinds of things? It I could believe- be learned, I imagine. I believe he and others are doing that work and are doing it very quietly. Okay. 
That makes sense. That could be. That makes sense. And, that could be. And if you are open to that kind of experience, ask that only the highest and best be given to you or be revealed to you, and that's the criteria. Always ask for the highest and best. I've always had an interest in, in the visitors, and I, I would always say I would like to have experiences and know more knowledge and know more information about their work here. And I said I only want the highest and the best to come to me. And I've met contactees all over the United States who've had interaction with beings that look like us. Some of them were not beings that look like us, but they were all positive in nature and all beneficial. Mm, now, that's nice. I don't, I don't mean to discredit anyone who has had experiences Mm -hmm. otherwise. But I want to say this to you. Be aware of what's going on, but don't let anything break your focus from moving forward. A lot of those things are diversions, and they're purposely put out there for diversions. Be aware of what's going on. Don't despair over what you see in Washington. Don't despair over what you're seeing on a world uh, basis. Be aware of it, but continue to move forward. Always move forward in awareness and consciousness. That's great advice. It really is. Now, what about the sightings and the friendships that I have read about that were formed in Italy? I yes. saw that that was a wonderful story. I, I hope you can share that with our audience. It's a tremendous story. Also. That friendship group dates back to the era of Washington. That one group of beings that look like us, some of them are range in size from about maybe four feet to almost uh, eight feet tall. And they look just like us. They have a base on the uh, Adriatic uh, coast uh, in Italy. And they've been there interacting with uh, Italian um, uh, folks and sharing information with them on a very quiet basis for a long period of time. But that's going on all around the planet, okay? Uh, just because it doesn't is not newsworthy and doesn't reach uh, our awareness and consciousness doesn't mean it's not going on. It is going on. And there are people doing a lot of amazing work behind the scenes. Some of them have been uh, directed and trained by the visitors. They do not draw any attention to that, but that's where their training came from. Well, I think Valiant Thor needs to come on the show because we need to talk to him and get him in front of our audience. I think he would have some fabulous things to say. So I'm just making an open invitation right now, Mr. Thor. Love to have you on. Now, what well, we're always with... on the big screen. We're always on the big screen, so don't be, don't be surprised if that happens to come to uh, fruition. Well, mm, uh, if it does, fabulous. I'm, call, I'm calling you first, Frank. <laughs> Listen, I am I am I'm just a seeker like everyone else. We're all students, we're all still learning. But I will I will share this with you that uh Craig Campabasso, who spent the last ten years with uh Dr. Frank Stranges who wanted to have a movie made about Valianthor and his work here, had done a short film that's about maybe fifteen minutes and it has won awards at the uh uh, Berkeley Film Festival and other film festivals and Craig has gone all around the United States showing this film and he said at the end of the film and at the end of his lecture people come up to him and they said they have seen Valiant Thor, he looks the same as the photographs that were taken uh, at Howard Menger's home, behind his home back in 1958 he looks exactly the same so he is continuing to be down here, he interacts with people who wind up seeing him when they don't expect to see him very what is cool. that, that old is saying? Amazing. Have have no expectation but abundant anticipation. Yeah, I like uh-huh. that. That's nice. I like that's <laughs> a good one. Very now, good. with that Italian, the, the Italian friendship group. What I also read about that is that eventually, what happened was 
the aliens who were more involved with the technology side, didn't really care about the heart side, kind of pushed them out. Have you heard that? I've heard, uh, yes, I've heard uh, things along that line. And again, some of the visitors that are here are more aware of the technology basis of things. Others are more regarding the spiritual aspect of who we are and that we're part of a, a cosmic family and that we're all one. Uh, those beings like Valianthor and others that are here for the oneness of it all are not here for uh, self-aggrandizement. There's other visitors that are here for their own purposes. But, again, their work and our efforts are being minimized. Yeah, well, I would. Yeah, I can see why they would be. I just, I'm hopeful hearing this from you that this work is ongoing and people are learning these things about healing and sound and light frequencies and all of the things I'm sure that Valiant Thorne and his group have long mastered and yes. would be welcomed here. But, you know, as we all know, part of the reason that the government does not want to accept some of the things that Valiant Thorne shared is for economic reasons. Of course. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine a world where we didn't need to have insurance and we didn't need to be reliant on fossil fuels or pharmaceuticals? I mean, there are probably billions of other star systems that have advanced beyond all that. And, you know, we, we've been the laggards, and they realize that, and they want to guide us and nudge us into conscious awareness of these things. And they want to do it with the least amount of uh, problems and agitation. Uh, just become awakened to things. And, you know, with, like, Project Blue Book out there, that series, what's being released yes. on the History Channel, a lot mm-hmm. of positive things, things that are more positive than ever before, and a lot of validations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you I mean, think that, I was going to ask, do you think that the children today are more aware of what's going on than the adults? Yes, they are. That they can see and feel more? Yes, uh, I, I agree uh, totally with that concept. And um, had a chance to meet uh, uh, what I consider to be a very renowned individual, Bill Tompkins, and he told me that there's a facility outside of Medford, Oregon, where uh, members of uh, military families, uh, their children are taken to this farm where visitors teach them using holographic projections from their mind of what we can do and what we can achieve. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Is that strictly military families? They're military families that do. These are going to be used for positive purposes. Right. Not for negative purposes. For positive. No, purposes. definitely. That's the intent would be the positive. Yes. Because sometimes Very good. Uh, out of the mouths of babes come things that you have to do a double take on. And uh, my, I have an eight-year-old granddaughter who really isn't uh, aware of what I do. And uh, she was outside the other night, and she looked up, and she said, don't you see them all? Don't you see all those planes? The ETs are coming, and you just, well, can't you tell me that you can see them too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And out of the mouths of babes, I, truly. Yeah, and that's why I was I hadn't had a chance to talk to Patricia about this because it just, and then the lights in the yard that uh sun that uh, projects from sunlight she picked up one of these and she said it's just like this and that's where the stars come from. Yes. Oh boy. There's a, a woman that I had met, her name is Celia Winkler and she had painted these portraits of uh, visitors. They appeared to her. She lived in uh, 
in a, uh, a retreat in the high desert area of Southern California in Yucca Valley. And uh, they would appear at uh, first ray of sunlight and they would materialize in her little cottage and she would capture their likeness in oil paintings and uh, give information about each one of them. I will share those images with you. They wanted to be recognized and known so that when the disclosure is made, we'll be able to call mm-hmm. them by name and recognize them by name. Mm-hmm. They said that when, when that when that coming together occurs, there's going to be such a weeping of joy and happiness. And knowing that we are part of a family that loves and cares about us very, very deeply, they say that their forefathers were our forefathers. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, what about, now we see Valiant Thor in these beautiful pictures you sent, and I've seen a lot of them from the past, but he's obviously a very lovely-looking man, looks very human. We've talked about the greys. What about the reptilians? They sure don't look like us. And no, they don't. Again, the diversity of creation is uh, there's it's limitless, and uh, there's beings that have all kinds of shapes and sizes. And uh, you talk about the the ones that don't look like us. There are some of them that are not positive, and there are some that are very positive, and there are some that are going through their own self-realization process, where they too are being nudged into a greater level of awareness. And again. It's all coming up. It's like a cosmic drama that we're watching play out. And we all chose to be here at this time to be participants in this, either as witnesses or active participants. And it's beautiful to see this awakening going on. And I think there's more receptivity now than ever before. And what's your take on the (laughs) reptilians? I believe that they had their own agenda, they had their own purposes, and uh, a lot of that is being also curtailed and being shut down. And um, if they choose to be part of this new level of awareness and consciousness, they are welcome. Everyone is welcome. You know who uh, excludes us? We exclude ourselves. Mm-hmm. What about the mantis race? They've been talked about as a lot, that they have a lot of power and that they pull a lot of strings. Have yep. you had any contact with the mantis race? I've not, I've, but I've met uh, individuals, uh, women contactees that have experiences with them that have been extremely positive and extremely uh, revealing in regards to helping them awaken to their own nature and who they are. Uh, some of them have been taught light language, how to communicate using the uh, the uh, angelic language or the, uh, the language of light. And it's interesting, women will give me information that they've gotten, and I'll share it with others that are contactees, and they could read it, they could understand it, they know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's well, a actually, one of, our, one of our co-hosts, Becky Andreessen, uh, who we dearly miss, uh, she was able to speak and write the angelic language, and yes. she also had this ability to go outside and take photographs of these orbs of light, and then when you look at them on a computer you'd see an angel form it, yes, she was amazing yes. we miss her so much mm-hmm. but she had that gift she really had that gift so anyways tell us more i mean you're so full of these great stories i love it <laughs> so, it's wonderful to about, share oh we love hearing this so tell us more is there anybody else like valiant thor that's also on the planet that you've had uh you know experiences with or stories told to you about I've, I've, met, I've met other contactees who've told me 
I'll tell you the story of this individual who had an experience in 1977. His name is William, and he was going to uh, Southern Indiana University, and uh, he was given um, uh, a project to work on. And uh, he went into the library, and there was a fellow wearing a suit. And he said, William, the books you're looking for for your project were in such and such an area. And William didn't know who this guy was. And he was wondering, how did he know what I was working on and what books I needed? So we went over to where the fellow said the books were, and he pulled them down, and he uh, started working. And then he heard, William, William. William and he looks around and he doesn't see anybody. He stands up, he turns around, and a fellow standing behind him. <laughs> oh and he God. said, William, uh, I would like to share some information with you. Uh, can we go to a private part of the library and we'll talk? And William said, sure. So he said, uh, William, you're going to graduate from uh, uh, this university. You're going to meet a lovely woman. You're going to get married. You're going to have uh, children. The children will be very successful, but your marriage will not last. And he said, we will meet again. And wow. he walked out of his life. So uh, William uh, met a woman there, got married. They had two children. And we're uh, fast-forwarding now to uh, 2008. And uh, the marriage is on the downside. And the wife says to William, she said, uh, I'd like to go visit my family in Chicago. Uh, I booked an early morning flight. Would you be so kind as to take me to the airport? And uh, she said, I want to spend the weekend with my family. And he agreed to do that. Uh, he got up early, took his wife to the airport, came home, locked the uh, door to their apartment, and went in to take uh, a shower. He came out, and he's fixing breakfast for himself. He poured uh, some cereal into a bowl with some milk, and he started pouring a glass of juice. And his peripheral vision, the kitchen... Uh, overlooked into the living room area, he said he saw somebody sitting on the, the uh, on the sofa with his back to oh him. Oh, my. William dropped the glass of juice. Of course, it shattered on the floor. He slowly walked around into the living room, and the fella that he had met all those years earlier was there, and he's wearing a one-piece suit. Okay. Mm. And he said he had chestnut-colored hair, like olive-colored skin, and he said he was wearing... Um, a uniform that was like um, uh, almost like uh, a charcoal gray, and it had a silver, a single, uh, uh, a single arch over his heart. And uh, he said to him, "I told you we would meet again." And he shook hands with him, and he said, "You're not from here." And he said, "No, I'm not." He said, "William said, where are you from?" And he said, "I'm from the star uh, that you call Beetlejuice." And uh, he said, I'm here to work with you to put together a program to help uplift Earth. And William said, well, I'm ready to be a warrior. And the person says, we don't need warriors. We need diplomats. He said, I will work with you and share information with you of a cosmic level. And he said, you're going to pick a team of 10 individuals, and you'll share this information with them. And he said... Um, uh, he, the fella said that my name is Rin, R-I-N-N, and he said he spoke in perfect English, and he said he was maybe about six foot one, maybe six foot two, and he continued to give him information. He told him that uh, Obama would win the first election, then the second election, and he said after the second election uh, and the term of uh, Obama, he said 
we will meet again. And he said, there's going to be revelations all around the planet. And he shared with him, this is the fellow who shared uh, with William, the galactics are here living amongst us and that mm-hmm. they will reveal themselves when the time is right. And he also said, too, that... Um, uh, that um, there's going to be, when the disclosure is made, there's going to be world leaders on a, uh, uh, at a forum, and there's going to be four galactic beings there. And he said one of the galactic beings is going to be Valiant Thor. Cool. Yep. Wonderful. Wow. Yep. Did they give a time frame for this to be taking place? Oh, well, it's, we're, we're right in it. Um, there's a, a physicist that is part of this going to be validating the technology and his name is Dr. Jack Sarfati he's out of uh, San Francisco and um, he's got an incredible website it's called stardrive.org I would recommend you and your audience to take a look at it it's got cutting edge material and he said that um, he has developed a series of 16 equations 16 pages of equations that's showing the next form of propulsion that's faster than light now it's something that we use every day what comes to mind that you would conceive that would be faster than light? I have no idea. Aaron, what is it that we use on a uh, daily basis that is actually faster than light? Air. Light. Thought. God. That's right. It's thought. Oh, you can think yes, of the thought. furthest part of the galaxy, and you're there instantaneously. Dr. Sherfati has worked out a series of equations that incorporate metallurgy with awareness and consciousness. And I have a copy of those equations. I'd be happy to share them with you. I, I reached oh, out to yes. him. I said, Dr. Sherfati, I said, could this be the means that the visitors are using to come here? He said, absolutely. And he said, share it. He is going to be part of this cadre of individuals that when disclosure of the alien technology is made known, he's going to say, he's going to be part of the, these individuals who are going to say, the technology is valid, it's more advanced physics than we, we currently can achieve right now. We can back engineer and see what, what it is that they're doing. We just can't align atoms the way that they do. But he's part of this disclosure project. And it has been said that one of the things that was uh, retrieved from Roswell was what's called memory metal. It looks like stainless steel. It's very, very thin. I'm sorry, it looks like aluminum foil. It's very thin, and you can crunch it up in your hand, and you can open up your hand, and it straightens itself out again. You can't cut it with a laser. It can't be deformed. It can't be uh, marred in any way. I have been told that he has been shown this. He has been shown and had access to this memory metal, which people are going to get a chance to see. Um, there's uh, Bigelow Aerospace, which is out in Vegas. Uh, right, Robert Folks could Bigelow. Google search this, uh, and they could t- take a look. There's four warehouses that the government asked him to make, to build. He's built these four massive warehouses, and apparently they've been stocked with material from crash retrievals from all around the planet that's going to be opened up to the public. And memory metal will be part of it. And if you do a Google search on Bigelow Aerospace, when you see these warehouses, there's an image of a visitor of an alien on the side of the building. Yeah, but, you know, Robert Bigelow has been very secretive about what he knows. And he hasn't really revealed it. I mean, he went into Skinwalker Ranch and hooked up all these security cameras, had these military trained personnel, uh, you know, looking into this site. But then he didn't really come out and say, this is what I found. So he's fairly 
close-lipped about that. Now He's very quiet about I... it, but he built the warehouses, and the warehouses are fully stocked. And there's physicists that are part of this project, and also part of this project is Deepak Chopra. He's part of this. But mm. why would they – here's the question I have, because, I mean, we know the military and how they think, and we know the government and how they think. And yes. there is – from what we can tell, there's no benefit to them to do anything with disclosure. The only way I can even imagine them being part of a disclosure effort is if they maintain total control over it and they're being forced into it, possibly by beings like Valiant Thor. But, I mean, I can't imagine they would do it willingly all these years. They have done their best to just harass the well, crap they out us. of they to us. A yes, lot of the history of the planet has been kept from people. us. They've yeah. whacked people who've tried to yeah. tell the truth. So so what's the motivating factor that all of a sudden they're going to turn around and be honest? What is that? I don't think they have a choice anymore because the, the time is of the essence now. To, you know, we're in the eternal now right now. Everything is going to be revealed to us. There are some people that don't want to be told. They would rather live in the old vibration. They're going to get a chance to continue to live in that vibration. Again, only those who are excluded are those who exclude themselves. There's some people who want to continue mm-hmm. playing games. They get that opportunity to continue playing games, but not everybody wants to continue playing games. Right. Well, no, I know our audience is on board for not playing games and being told the truth. I mean, we all would like that. That's right. Uh, but also, you know, we don't. There's there's places where we don't even need to hear it from uh, the government. We know it's there. And also, Robert Bigelow, when he was on 60 Minutes, I admire him for saying, "Yes, yes, yes the ETs are here. They're right under our noses." Mm-hmm. And yes, they are. And of course, now here we don't you have are to go searching right for them. They're here. They're here. Right. And and so God bless them for actually telling the truth. And, and, and I couldn't believe they actually kept that into the interview. I'm glad they did. But I think it, people But there's many other people who are having the same experiences, Patricia, and they're going about their work very quietly. They're getting people aware and prepared because things are being laid out and put in place. State-of-the-art technology, technology is changing every 30 to 45 days. That's there's bad. an Israeli doctors and scientists working with the Mossad have developed an electromagnetic frequency. It's a handheld device that they use for the military. And if a soldier has like a knife wound or a bullet wound or a shrapnel wound, they take the the metal out of the body, they expose the wound to this handheld electromagnetic frequency, the tissue and the muscles heal completely without any scarring or any sutures required. That's Star Trek medicine. Yeah, that really is nice. That's nice. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, it, and this would be great to see it in uh, being used all over the place instead of just it, in it, it will be. Areas. There's a company in California called Genentech. They have 20,000 world patents, 147 world patents for extending the telomere gene. They're talking about lifespans of between 150 to 300 years of age. If, if a male is beyond the age of 35, it rejuvenates them to the age of 35. If a woman is beyond 25, it rejuvenates them between 23 to 25 years of age. And the, uh, they're extending the telomere gene with this, and it's a natural process. The only thing that nullifies it is alcohol, drugs, and nicotine. Mm-hmm. So well, PK, if we had to give up, up those three... One? Go ahead. I could handle that one. Yeah. yeah I mean, if we could do away with those three things, we can have vibrant health 
and and the technology exists for it. They're talking about everyone being able to live 150 to 300 years of age. I think our greatest challenge is our sociological progress has to keep pace with our technological progress. We are one family here. We have to live in that one accord with each other. Yeah, that's And it shouldn't be hard to do. It it shouldn't be, but it It certainly looks like it is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm all for the unification of family here. But it seems like, especially in these tumultuous times, there's more adversarial behavior. There's more psychotic behavior. Uh, uh, It just seems like the light and dark is definitely at war. And it's It's like a birthing process. We're we're witnessing a birthing process. Wow. Now, let me ask you this question. Uh, We've had Carl Higdon on the show. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Carl Higdon's abduction, which took place out in Montana. Are you familiar with that one? No, not uh, not, uh, intimately, no. It's, I think, one of the absolute best abduction stories but again i'm i'm seeing a an interesting way that they approach us now carl was out hunting he had a big beautiful new gun and was about to take a shot at some elk and he fired and the bullet hit something and turned inside out he looks up i remember hearing this story yes i remember hearing this story okay, yes now you know and you see yep. the alien there now they took him, they asked him, do you want to come with us? And Carl said he didn't feel he could say no. So off they went. Now, they didn't keep Carl because he had a vasectomy. So he -hmm. was of no use to them for breeding uh, reasons, and so they returned him. But they returned him (laughs) uh, in a way. I mean, he was out in the middle of nowhere. They kind of dumped him. And they moved his truck to some strange area where he, he was so disoriented, the poor guy. But we had him and his wife, Marjorie, on the show. They were delightful. We fell in love with both of them. And he actually became friends with this E.T. that took him. However, this E.T. Oh, is made he still in contact cool. with this visitor? Is he still yes, in contact with this? Okay. He is. Mm-hmm. But here's yeah. the thing that concerned me. This E.T. and his crew were coming here and basically taking food. I mean, it was like we became their grocery store. So they were coming here and picking up elk and taking that away. And then, of course, they took Carl away. And there were other people that they abducted and took away, maybe never to be seen again. I mean, there is, it appears to be, amongst some extraterrestrial races, that we're like chimpanzees, you know, that they can just take and do whatever (laughs) they want with us. And certainly Carl got lucky because his wife insisted on that vasectomy, so he was brought back. And, you know, it just, there that concerns me, you know, because that superior attitude, certainly they are superior to us in many ways, but um, that's a concern I have. You know, when you talk about all this well, love and Well, there's also life, people who, family, there's, there's, there's also, also people who, are offered the opportunity to live off planet. And there are many planets where there are earth beings that are also interacting with other star visitors. And they've been asked if they would like to stay there or come back to earth. There's a lot of earth beings in other planets in our solar system in in our galaxy and outside our galaxy. And, And I think that's fine. You know, if somebody wants to go off world, Hey, that's their choice. But I'm talking mm-hmm. about when it's 
not their choice. And it's just a, a straight-out kidnapping. So, you know, that is a concern that I've had, having heard a lot of these stories over and over again about the people that were taken that didn't seem to be like they were in agreement with this. So yeah. I, I, guess, I guess I'm cautiously optimistic. And I do think, as you've said, you know, there's, there's good and bad. There are yeah. races that are like Valiant Thor's race that are all pure love and light and everything you expect from a Venusian. And then there's other races that are a bit of a mixed bag, like the one that Carl encountered. And so, has his communication with this visitor still friendly? Is, is it still a friendly interaction that he has with this visitor? It's friendly, and and um, Carl has a lot of health problems. And, you know, when he was returned, his blood was so enriched by the supplement they gave him. The doctor said mm-hmm. they'd never seen anything like it. But yes. yet, as Carl developed these health problems, this alien did not come back and help him mm-hmm. or give him any more of these supplements that might have uh, – you know, done something to improve his health. And that, why not? You know, why not? You have this relationship with a human, and you see their suffering. And, I mean, we, if he had Carl on the show, he was not in good health. Remember that, PK? Definitely. So, yeah, and it would have been, I guess, a little more encouraging had we been able to hear from Carl that this ET uh, came back and helped him out. He didn't. He talked to him, but he didn't come back and help him out. You wonder why, that's the big question, what makes them help at one point in time, and then when something starts to go south, they're unavailable. Yeah, that's my question. That's an excellent question. Uh, I, I don't have an answer for it. All I can say is that maybe this is the choice that Carl had made, and uh, he's living through what it is that he chose to do in this lifetime and to be part of. Uh, you know, everything is not against our will. Everything is at at some knowledge of our soul awareness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up these other questions because you sure, seem to have so much knowledge, and, and we really respect your your knowledge and opinions on this because it does give I you pause. That. Thank you. you know, yes. yes, absolutely. But when you hear these events. And the times that the the ETs did not intervene to help. Now, maybe you're right. Right. Maybe they're supposed to live out their lives in illness and pain and suffering, and that's it. But it would be nice to hear about... Everything is always choices. Everything is always choices. Well, like Valiant Thor was able to help the woman with pain, and and it was all gone, and that's wonderful. I love to hear that, and I would prefer to hear that, quite honestly. Well, you wonder how they make a choice of what to do and what not to do, or when they decide to make that choice. It's a knowing that they have. It's a knowing that they have. And I'm sure Valiant Thor asked Victoria, probably at a much higher level, if he could interact and provide this service to her. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, again, well, was, they're not here to violate good. free will. They're not here to violate free right. will. Yes. But, you know, but many times when we say free will, those that are going through an illness, they, are not, they don't want to be in the illness state. And the free will would be to gain the opportunity to be healed. Yes. Uh, how do we make the choice there? Who makes the choice? I would I would suggest to those people that they ask for God's intervention and open themselves up to the highest level of awareness and consciousness and healing that's available to them. Mm-hmm. And I believe each of us can reach that. 
All we have to do is be sincere and genuine and open and receptive to it. And we could get that immediate healing. That would be wonderful. Because we're all God beings. We're all God beings. Right. You know that. We're all God beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are as diamonds. We may be reflecting a, 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 an awareness through one facet of the diamond, but it doesn't mean that we're not also re- reflecting through uh, other uh, facets of that diamond simultaneously. We just may not be aware of it. Well, this is very, very optimistic information, and I just love hearing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, every contactee we... I've met has been positive and given me, I'm giving you a, a synthesis of what I've learned in my travels of the contactees that I've met. And uh, it's uh, to them and the uh, visitors that they were interacting with, it was all about service. It's all about service. Well, that makes sense. Yes. And and mm-hmm. we've heard also from some of our guests, like Jerry Wills, who's a wonderful healer, um, who encountered these Pleiadians, and I think it was in Arizona, PK, wasn't it? Right. It I know was. One uh-huh. was in Peru, but I think also in Arizona, where they say there mm-hmm. are Pleiadians that are living there. Yes. And, yeah, he's recounted several stories of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're out there. You should be able to looking. sit down and have tea with them. Yes. I was told yes. that there's a community of people living uh, on a mountain in California, and they've uh, heightened their awareness to the point where all they need is uh, pure drinking water, and they could take sunlight and synthesize it as plants do. Mm. They've increased their That's consciousness easy. and awareness to that level. Wow. No more cooking and cleaning up. I like it. Yep. I'm all for it. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> You know, we, we have unlimited ca- we have unlimited abilities and and talents. We just have to tap into them. They're there. Yes. I agree. All right. Is it a question of our having faith enough in our abilities that will make it try make it transpire, or is it we keep throwing out there? Yes, I believe, but and when we throw that but out there, we we need to eliminate that from our language. Yeah. You know, uh, Valiant Thor, when he met with, uh, 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 when Dr. Strange just met with Valiant Thor at the Pentagon, he said, uh, do you folks have a Bible? Do you use a Bible? And Valiant Thor said, no. And he said to Dr. Strange's, we never stopped walking with the Lord. Mm. And Dr. Strange's noticed that he had no fingerprints and no palm prints. And he said, why is it you have no fingerprints or palm prints? And he said, only those on earth have those markings. That is the marking of man on earth. Hmm. What about interdimensionals? Because we've also had folks on the show who have come out and said, uh, you know, there's no such thing as an ET. They're all interdimensional, which we don't agree with that. But right. there are interdimensionals. That's, that is an addition. That's right, too. yes, yeah. Yeah. And have you had any There's no limit to universes. That? There's no limit to dimensions. You know, as we're st- sitting here, standing here talking, there could be a thousand other aspects of ourselves functioning in other dimensions. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, Dr. Uh, Green, who came up with uh, string theory, uh, postulates that we're uh, effectively operating on 13 dimensions simultaneously. And he's saying you make a glimpses of the other dimensions you're functioning in, uh, like during um, uh, meditation or during uh, sleep or during um, uh, daydreaming. And he said they may seem like fantasy, but there are other aspects of yourself that are working and active. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what about Antarctica? We've heard that there's a lot of ET stuff going on down there. Have yes, you heard yes. what's happening down yes. there? What, I've uh, heard that they are, um, uh, because of the rapid uh, melting of the ice there, um, matter of fact, they said uh, the first seven weeks of last year it was warmer in Antarctica than it was in Philadelphia. It was 56 degrees there. And the first uh, three days of this week, they said in uh, Alaska, the temperature was 70 degrees. Uh, wow. Anyway, things are, of course, melting, and the government has seen that there are there's another civilization that has existed there. And there's been visitors uh, from um, world leaders and from uh, religious figures going down to Antarctica. And from what I've been told, they have brought in National Geographic to film this. And what they're going to do is they're going to use a three-phase program of introducing this information to the public. They're going to say that there was a civilization that existed there about a million and a half years ago, but they're going to say it was terrestrial. Okay. Oh, wow, those wise stinking pigs. The first, that's the first phase. The second phase is <laughs> introducing the technology to us, okay? And the technology is amazing. And the third phase is to letting us know that they are, they were extraterrestrials. They were star visitors. Mm-hmm. So the reason they're using National Geographic is they don't want to create any religious or political significance to this so that, you know, one side can't claim uh, superiority over the other. So I think it makes perfect sense that they're using National Geographic that's going to be uh, filming this and releasing it to the public. It's all being prepared. It's all being prepared. It, well, they can't stop it, it. It's like holding back the dawn. They can't hold back the dawn. How long, how long do you think it's going to take before this takes place? It's happening even as we speak. Mm. PK, you tried three times to get it great. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Just be open and receptive. The signs are everywhere. The things are... The signs are everywhere. Uh, The things are progressing and opening up, and greater clarity is coming in. And uh, all we have to do is recognize it for that and continue to ask for more. Be receptive. Our friends upstairs, we're all being monitored on the big screen to how receptive we are to this new information and whether we want to be part of it or whether we have greater resistance to it. The resistance is our own ego. We have to let go of that. Well, you know, when part of us want it and want the answers, and you've got the other parts that are doubting it. Are they holding us all back? Not all of us. Not all of us. <laughs> one one, one uh, contactee told me that when the ships reveal themselves, you're going to hear the most incredible angelic music emanating from the ships. And they said that this music will take the sword out of the people's hands and their hearts. That would be nice. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a lovely thing. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, Frank, you have just lifted us up so much tonight with this oh, conversation. Definitely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I I mean, I feel that you've raised our consciousness and certainly lifted our hearts to all these wonderful new possibilities for our world and our consciousness. This is just great. All we need to do is reach out to us. We're not strangers. It's not strange to us, and we're not strangers to it. It's part of our true nature, our true selves, our true reality. How do we get talked into all this negativity? (laughs) Oh, it's it's easy to become doubting, isn't it? Oh, oh for sure. Yes. For sure. Slippery That's the slope. test. Yeah. That's the test. 
That's the test. Gosh, I know nobody likes day. tests, but that's the test. <laughs> yeah, no, we're See, tired of being tested. Do it till we do it right, huh? I will be yeah, forwarding more way. information to share with your audience. I'll share with you oh, the uh, Salai Winkler uh, portraits, the uh, Dr. Sherfati oh, thought propulsion uh, 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 information. And, again, I recommend take a look at his website, stardrive.org. You'll come across some phenomenal information. It's all cutting-edge stuff. And it's happening well, every day. Every day it's happening. Oh, my God. This is so exciting, Frank, really. It's, it's truly exciting. And now for – Coming back, you know we're going to have you back on the show because we absolutely love talking to you. You're just I'd the be best. happy to and, uh, happy oh, to, to return. There's more stories to share. I Good. know there are. You know them. I can't all. wait. You know them all. I know this has just been tremendous. This tremendous. So I'll tell you what. I just want to tell the audience that when Frank sends us the photographs and all of these other things that he wants us to know about, I'll post them. I'll post Good. them on our Facebook page. So make sure you're following us there so you'll know when I'm posting them. You can drop by and take a look at everything that Frank has to share. He's been very generous with us tonight, and we will pass the rest of all of this on to you. So thanks again, Uh, Can I also give my my, uh, email address in case anybody has any questions? Uh, I'd be happy to answer them uh, to the best of my ability. Uh, My email address is my name, Frank Chilly, C-H-I-L-L-E, at hotmail.com. Thank Frank, you so Chilly, much. Frank Chilly, at hotmail.com. And I'll be and I'll post uh, that honored off. to, thank you, I'll be honored to answer whatever questions and, and help direct as, as, as to the best of my ability. Oh, oh God, that'd be great. Thank you. You're our angel tonight, and we can't thank you enough. And next week, everybody, we'll be back with Graham Phillips. We finally got him here all the way from the U.K., and he's talking about a big paranormal event. And it's called the Green Stone. You're going to hear about it right from Graham. Until then, everybody, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.